particular goodness about worshiping with the formation group. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I've been worshiping around families with kids for a while, and it's, it's got its own particular goodness, but you guys just worship the Lord well, and it is awesome. Uh, today's a special day for me. Uh, I, like John said, I've, I've been coming to formation for a long time. It's been uh, over 10 years now that I've been coming to formation nights. Even though it's been a little while, tonight is the first time that I get to do something at formation. Uh, countless times I would go to formation and the opening story is about somebody's kids. And tonight, I get to have a story. I like that. 
We like that. And I know this could be a group of people, a body of people, that have this. You know, like there's something special about when you walk into a room with your people, you know, you like walk through the door and you see your people, and your people see you, and inside you're like, oh man, my people know me, I know my people, good things are ahead. You know, like that's a good thing. It just like gets you going inside. And so that's what I want to point at is joy, that joy you feel, that revved up when you see your people and your people know you. It is a relational piece. Like joy isn't just happiness. There's like an aspect. It's like connected to happiness. It's connected to gladness. But it's different. It is fundamentally a relational term. Okay, so joy is relational. I, uh, I went on to this thing called Magisterium AI this morning. Has anybody ever gone to Magisterium AI? So essentially it's like ChatGPT, where it's a large language model, but the only thing they fed this was all of the Vatican documents. So it's like ChatGPT, but for the church, which is crazy. So you can ask it any questions. So I asked it this morning, I said, what is joy? And uh, it said this, the spiritual gift of joy, which I thought, oh, that's interesting. The spiritual gift of joy is characterized by a sense of gladness and rejoicing that comes from experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, not bad. So instead of just this relational feeling we get more around friends, it takes it to a whole nother fundamentally deeper and deeper spiritual level. And that is that joy is not just this thing, it's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So to have the fullness of joy, you need to have the Holy Spirit. And it is actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit, meaning that when we have this awareness, this knowledge of God, that is where our joy comes from. So like when you know your people and you walk in the room and you're like, man, I know you guys. And you just like can't help but crack a smile because you love your people. It's the same concept when we're thinking about the Lord and we know the Lord and the Lord knows us. And there's that knowledge there. And that's what gives us that joy. And the great thing about joy is it's different than what the world pitches as like happiness. Right? It's, it's profoundly different because it's rooted in God's love. And I just kind of got to going on God's love this morning and I was thinking about this. So like, what makes God's love so good? I mean, there's it's countless things, but some of the things I was thinking about is God's love. Like, it's so good because God delights to dwell with us. He delights to be with us. You know, God's love, who God is, His love shapes our identity, who we are as sons and daughters. When God sees you, He sees an heir to eternity. That's wild. God, His love gives us life. He gives us life, eternal life. He is a source of strength for us. He's a protection. He's a security for us. He is a comfort in times of affliction, when times are hard, He's there to comfort us. He delivers us from all of our problems and our enemies. And He does not look on us according to our sins, but when He looks at us, He sees His amazing creation that He so desperately wants to be in a relationship with and bring us to Him. That's what. That is crazy. And that, when we anchor our joy and have knowledge and awareness and live a life knowing Him, that joy doesn't go anywhere because it's not anchored in, in something fleeting. Like, like that moment, I'm like with Peter and we're playing and it's so much fun and it lasts like 30 seconds, you know, and then mom 
hits a button on the oven and it starts beeping and he's like, food's there. And now all he wants to do is food. And I'm like, can I just keep playing? And he's like, no, we're moving on. You know, so now he's super sad. And it was fleeting happiness that we were having because of it was anchored in things that are moving. But our joy, our joy is anchored in the Lord, which does not move. His love is always for us. So that, therefore, our joy is our foundation. Even if we are sad, we can still have that knowledge of God and that joy that is with us. Joy is the foundation. And it all comes from knowing Him. It's just not like, I, I mean, we, we have a lot of prayer times in SBO. You know, there's like morning prayer. You know, there's the prayer, you say right before morning prayer, you're like, God, I don't want to get up. You know, and then there's the prayer after morning prayer. You're like, hey, maybe I'm going to take my 15 minutes of prayer time with my coffee and my notebook and like, Right after the morning prayer, and then there's the prayer on the, the prayer on the way to school where you're like, Lord, I hope I need your grace in this exam. There's like lots of different times for prayer throughout the day, especially in SPO. But my favorite types of prayer is when I'm a, I'm a big social guy, I'm an external processor. Like when I get in a room alone, or like when, when Laura and Peter leave in the morning, the house is mine. Like my favorite prayer is when I'm walking around and talking with the Lord. Like when I'm just like, what, what is, when times are hard and I'm like crying and I'm like, Lord, you got to come through. I don't see you working. Like a little bit of the orphan spirit comes in there like, I see you blessing everybody else. Why aren't you blessing me? Sort of thing. But I'm transparent with them. You know, where I'm walking around and I'm like, God, this is amazing. Like this morning, I was walking around in my living room this morning. I'm like, Lord, this is nuts. Everything I've ever known, perceived, everything about me, everything I see, I've ever interacted with, you created and I'm talking with you. Like, that's crazy. Like, I'm talking with you. And you hear me, and you know me, and you love me, and you're talking back. And I can perceive that. And you're giving me things throughout my whole life. And I can perceive that. Like, this is nuts. The God of the universe, we have, you know me, and I know you. That is amazing. It's just nuts. And when you start to get to know the Lord, on that level, that personal level, where you just go from like God's a part of my life to like every day I'm walking with the Lord at every moment. You know, like that real time prayer yields real time results. You can like go throughout the day, pray, and be like, oh man, I see you working already. Like, that's crazy. Like I see you working this person's life. I see you working in my life. This is nuts. And when you have that relationship, everything changes. Like when I was in high school, I I was always like, I I, I knew God was good. But I didn't know him. And I, I knew some of the words, some of his words, but I didn't like study his word. I didn't know his voice, and I knew kind of about him. So when I heard these rules and these commands that the church gives us, I'm like, this is the biggest like con to Christianity that we have to work on. It was like how I would think about it. Like all the commandments and the commands that are in the Bible. It's like Christianity is really great for a lot of reasons, but man, this is a blessed deal when you get to like the commands, you know? Because like I growing up loved cheating. Like on tests, like what? I'll be honest, like I thought I thought it was a blast to like strategize when it one because I was really bad at studying and I was never a big intellectual guy. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna make it. I gotta like get creative. And so what my favorite thing is like I would find the right spots in my hand to write the answers, you know. And so when the teachers come around, I'm like, oh I'm trying, you know. And the teacher walks away and is like, all right, that's funny. Well, <laughs> the teacher's here, you strategically turn yourself, you're like covering, you're like, oh gosh, I'm thinking about this, you know, like looking at the answer, that's what it is. And I, there was like a rush I got to, 
killing this, you know? Like, I didn't know. But I'm like, I love that, like, man, I'm doing this, you know? And then I would, like, listen to the uh, Sunday school teacher, they're like, you can't cheat. Like, that's a buzzkill. I'm so good at it, you know? And so, or it's like, and then you get a little bit older and all your friends are drinking, you're like, I want to drink. And then your, your, you know, church friends are like, you can't drink. And I was like, well, that seems like the fun thing to do. And here we are again. Can't do the fun thing. It just doesn't make sense, right? You got all these things. And then as you get to know the Lord, you get to hear his voice more. You recognize his voice. And then you go back and you look at those commands. And you're like, you can hear him saying, like, you go down that route. Like, you want to cheat? Like, cheat. But all I'm telling you is, like, if you go down that route, like, people who have cheated their whole life aren't having a great time. You know, they're pretty empty and pretty broken. And if you want to drink a lot, like, get out there. Drink a lot, do any fill it in with X, Y, Z, command. If you want to do it, you can do it. But you can hear him saying, pleading. It's like the commands are like pleads from our Father. Who knows us, who knows what satisfies us, who is, who knows the deepest longing of our heart, and he, he lists out these commands like, you can do it, but I'm pleading you. I have so much more for you if you follow these pleas of mine, of like, just be honorable to your parents. You know, there's so much for you there. You know, keep the, keep the Sabbath. And then you grow up, you're like, man, it's actually really great to not work like one day and like pray a lot. It's actually really great that you can start to see the Father's voice coming to fruition. It's amazing. Because it doesn't make sense growing up. And because I used to read, like, Psalm 19, there was this one who was like, I'm panting for your commands. And I was like, that is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> who does that? You know? And then the more you get to know the Lord, and you're like, every time I followed your commands, I've gotten to be way better or way more built up. So I'm like, I get it. I haven't, like, reached the point where I'm like, I'm panting for your commands yet. Like, maybe do it work, but like, I see where he's coming from. You know, it's like he, it's, it's all about the Father who knows us. Like, like if you want to make the Lord laugh, and, and I don't mean in like a, ha like, you know, whatever sort of laugh. I mean like a, a deep, authentic laugh. Is you tell the Lord your greatest dreams for your life. Your greatest desires. Deep as they go, your wildest aspirations, you tell them that. And you laugh. And it's not, again, in a mocking way. It's a knowing, loving, he's, he's going, look, I know you want that. And what I have for you is so much better. It might be that and more. Or it might be that and the route you get there, you're not expecting, but it's going to be so awesome. You can like hear his voice saying, like, there's going to be so much more for you than your wildest dreams. That is the promise he has to us. And ultimately, that promise is himself. You know, like, we don't sign on to Christianity. We don't sign on to this whole thing expecting to get everything we want in the world. We do get him. And fundamentally, that is everything we want, you know. That is it. And he knows all that he wants to use us for, all those connections, all those relationships. But let's say what he is doing this right now. And so we know that about him, and we have that joy in that knowledge. That changes everything. That changes everything. Like I walked into, uh, I walked into my old place I used to work at a radio station, and we had this event early in the morning. So I was at the radio station at like five in the morning, and the rest of my team was showing up, and I had had a Weirdly good prayer time that morning. 
Like it was like awesome. I don't know why, but it was awesome because it was early. And I don't know, maybe I just like ended up and Lord's like, here's a lot of grace. And I was just being, I was so excited. And so I'm I'm in the radio station at five o'clock in the morning getting ready for this event, and I was just like a shipper, you know, and people are walking in, like knuckles dragging on the ground, like eyes barely open there. And later on in the day, one of these women that works there just goes like, What's up with you? No, she's like, why are you so happy all the time? She literally like pointed out, she, there's like a little earth in it, you know? She's like, why are you so happy? And I was like, I had a really good prayer time this morning. Like, God's just blessed me. And she was like, and, uh, and in that moment, you can just see, she's like, you've got something I grudgingly want in this moment. Like, you have something. There's something there. I'm always amazed at how quick our world is to get so miserable and like to commiserate together. Like you walk into a class or a hallway and it's like, man, can you believe there's a professor or that guy back there or how it's been cloudy for three weeks? You know, it's like it, the first thing out of everybody's mouth is like, doesn't something suck? You know, it's like the, what the world needs right now is not another miserable person. <laughs> it just doesn't need one more of those. But man, when you enter into that moment, if you've never gotten the chance to enter into a moment like that, and you're like, actually, I'm doing pretty well. I've been really blessed lately. And it like changes the whole dynamic of that space. You're like, oh yeah, let's talk about that kind of stuff. That feels good. You know, and it, it, what, what they see is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which they don't have, which you have, and they're attracted to that. It's awesome. It's the way we're supposed to live. And so, the cool thing about joy is that when we do discover it, when we do live in it, it lays the foundation for how we go about living, particularly with our emotional maturity. So when we have this foundation that does not move because of our knowledge of the Lord, because of, of our experience and our walk with Him, we have that joy that does not move it ends up being the foundation of our emotions moving forward. So it's like, I don't know, the only stupid visual I can get is like an antenna on a car. You know, it's like our default direction of our emotion is joy. Like that is default. And things happen, you know, like turbulent wind, turbulence, whatever it is that happens in life, and we get into these other emotions, but we always return to the truth of joy. Joy is the default, which is sweet. Like, if God's the maker of the game, that's a sweet thing that he made in the game, that our default is joy. That's amazing. Because he created all of our emotions for a purpose. Like, at least guys have a tendency to, like, like emotions are, like, bad, or I don't know how to express them or feel them, so we're putting more in, you know? And then the other side of things can be, like, let's just do all the emotions at the same time, you know, and try to work with that. And the fruit, or the, the fruit, the out. The fallout of the fall, if that makes sense. The, one of the causes of the fall is that these amazing gifts of, of emotions have gotten uh, out of order, uh, out of balance. And it's really often to, for our society to throw whatever top emotion people are feeling right now in the driver's seat of their life. You know, so I'm feeling really sad. Sadness is in the driver's seat, and I am mowing people over with my sadness, you know? <laughs> Or like, I'm feeling really prideful today, so look out world. You know, they just throw them in the driver's seat. And it is, uh, 
uh, it is a inward turning of the self, and it is a focus on the self. That's the result of the fall. And so our our default is joy. We can feel these other emotions, but in the in the way of living life with joy and with the Lord, we can learn to reorder these emotions as we go throughout our life, getting to experience the fullness of them as they are, as gifts. And that lets us handle the turbulence of life. Because I all of me wants to tell you guys that you guys, we, we learn about the Lord in, in formation and in SPL, and we go out into the world, and it is just awesome all the time. And it's really tough. Like, life hits quick. You know, your ambitions, whatever it is, like, the world comes with a sucker punch fast. And it would be amazing is if while we were in formation, we were preparing ourselves for those hard times. You know, so while we're preparing to like live a life of joy, and it's not just like joy is cool, I'm gonna try to do that more, but it's like we need this joy so that we can continue on in this world when life gets hard. One of the uh, one of the harder parts, can you give me like time things when I'm coming up close because I can lose track of so one of the one of the harder parts of life for me, and I'll share this quickly. So Lord and I, Lord and I got married in 2017, tried to have kids right away, and it was just a really tough. No, we could not do it. A lot of doctors helps. Then we get uh, we we get pregnant, and we have a miscarriage, and that was brutal. Because we're like, we did, it, and now it's gone. And then it's tempting in that moment to be like, God, what are you doing? And that's what I did. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Authentically, I have no idea what you're about. Right now. This doesn't make sense. And then we got pregnant again. I was like, oh, amazing. And we had another miscarriage. We go on to have five miscarriages. And that's a very long haul duration hardship of joy and deep end, deflation. Elation, deflation. And the whole time you can look at God and go, are you even there? Like, what is this weird game you're playing with me? You know? That orphan spirit can creep in. But, brothers and sisters, what we have that rooted rock of joy, that knowledge of him, that every day we're seeing him work in other people's lives, seeing him work in our own lives, you can go through the hardest of things that many, unfortunately, many people fall away from the faith during. You can go through that if you have that rock of joy, if you're continually pursuing it. Because throughout that whole period, I was hearing his voice. And he was speaking to me really, really amazing words. And he's like, this is really, like, it's hurting me, Mitch, as much as it's hurting you. This is not my will. Like, it is my permissive will. But I'm building something. The same thing when we're talking about, like, your wildest dreams. And he's like, I've got something so much better. He's like, I've got something for you through this process. And I was like, okay. I trust you. I don't know what it looks like, but I trust you. And now having Peter, just the smallest fruits that I see of that, and I know there's going to be more, but when Pete's having a bad day, if, if we had Peter right away, I don't know if I'd have as much patience or as much joy or as much appreciation for those moments as I do now. It's like, dude, you, you took a, we were waiting on you a long time. Like, you might be really mad, but I'm still stoked to be around you. There's just a grace that comes from that season. So that that rootedness and joy, that knowledge of God prepares us for the, the turbulence of life, which is what we need to go out in the world and change it. So how do we go in, uh, how do we grow in emotional maturity? Well, the first thing that I would say is it's helpful to take note of those things that rob your joy. You know, what are those aspirations of yourself 
maybe it's competitiveness, where you just like throw everything aside for the sake of competition. Uh, and it's all me, 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 me. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it can be any worldly thing. Maybe it's just a passion. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's uh, consumers. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's uh, sports. Whatever it is. What are these things that when we like delve into, they rob us of our joy? They interrupt that knowledge, that relationship with the Lord. Just to take note of that, I want to encourage you guys for the third time to go now and later to, say, to ask him, like, Lord, what are these things that are robbing me of this joy? What are these things that are out of order? Just to take note of it. He has grace for you in those areas. And I think it, it should be something you bring up in your, in your small groups and pray about. And it's really easy. Another thing I want you to be on guard of as you're doing this, or as those things continue to pop up, even once you've pointed them out, is to not be condemning. Guys, condemning yourselves is so beneath your dignity. It's so beneath you. Like you're you're made for eternity. So these thoughts of like I suck, or like others, whatever. Like whenever you like whisper that to you, like guys, it's so beneath us. Like the Lord is calling us up. And these are little things, like the reason they sting so much is because the language we use is way beneath us. And we're just like, I'm down here. Which is factually incorrect. You're like, actually, he's calling us up here. He's calling us up higher. So whenever, so that's another thing. So like, don't condemn yourself about condemning yourself. That's a, like some really interesting, what is the inception stuff going on right there? That's wild. Yeah, uh, I, like, I wrote down a bunch of these things like disappointment. Maybe there's some sort of disappointment that you just won't let go of. Or unforgiveness uh, that you can't let go of. I'm getting caught up in your own progress or your own holiness. That's an even dangerous one. Especially when we're in a community like this where you're just like so caught up on being this much better, taking this much longer prayer time, or all these things we can get caught up that actually take us away from the knowledge of the Lord. Timidity, fear, lack of trust. What are those things? So we find ourselves struggling. We and even if this might come from like family, like generational stuff. Like maybe our family didn't do the greatest job, our earthly family didn't do the greatest job of setting us up for emotional success wherever we're at. Well, the good news is, is we have a perfect eternal father who's there to work with us in this. And we have a new family, as dysfunctional as this new family is that we can actually work together and be on the same page to get better at this. So returning to joy, one of the images I had was a, a cabin on a hill in a forest. There's a clearing, there's a cabin, and whenever there's a storm, or whenever there's darkness, or even when there's sunshine, we always have a place to go back to, and that is that, that, that joy. In Scripture, he literally says, do not be anxious about anything. You know, he talks about, do the birds of the air worry about you know, what food they're going to have? No. You know, so don't worry about what clothes you're going to wear. Worry about X, Y, Z things that are popping in your mind. Like, don't worry about it. I got you. The Lord has never failed to give us any of our needs ever up to this point. Like, that's a crazy stat. Like, think about it. Like, all of your necessities that you've ever needed, like, the Lord has provided because you're here. You know, and he's not stopping that anytime soon. So we're called to rejoice. Like, that is an amazing thing. And it's that joy that, that when things get hard, like you hear this story about, 
you know, the, the disciples, they get punished. The apostles get punished. They're persecuted. They're tortured. And they run out and they're like praising God because they were found worthy of persecution. And you're like, man, what is that? Like, I want to do that. Like, I remember thinking, like, walking up the oval once, like, just once, I want some guy to just, like, I thought we were talking about SPO stuff, just a bunch of <laughs> I just want that one time, not too hard, but like, right? Like, man, like, that's fucking shot for the kingdom. Like, there's not, like, you know, there's a little bit of a desire there, which I think was was young, but also, I don't know, I'm, I'm still kind of open to that. Because there's something about that. Like, I don't know, I want to own it. You know, I want to own it and feel it. Alright, so. Practical steps to return to joy. Get to the practicals. This is all makes sense fundamentally at this point. Okay, great. Joy is our rock. So, what are some of the things we do to return to joy? Singing songs of worship is one of those things. We don't just do this because it's what we do. I mean, it is, but there is a deeper reason for it. It's all truth. We are proclaiming truth. And when we sing songs of worship, we are reminding ourselves, our souls, of who He is and who we're not. We're telling him how good he is. Because we need to remind ourselves how good he is. It's like when you leave a prayer meeting after worshiping a lot, and you're like buzzed. You're like, man, that's so good. And then you get like home, and the buzz is gone, and you're like, all right, back to normal life. You know, it's like, man, if you could just like keep that, right? If you could live your whole life like that sober intoxication of the Holy Spirit. So why not just like think of your worship songs or think of songs? regularly throughout the day to keep that going, keep in proper orientation of how good he is. Scripture and prayer. Like in the morning, it's actually like necessity to, to learn his voice. And the way you learn his voice is you get into his words. The more you read scripture, like brothers and sisters, if we're exercising prophetic gifts on the reg, we better be in our scripture like on the reg. So that you can discern what is his voice and not just what you're feeling. So the more that you're in scripture, you're going to see all of these gifts come to life. For the sake of everybody else, please. Please do this. <laughs> all right, another one. Thankfulness and gratitude. Or the cliche attitude of gratitude. All right. Recounting the Lord's blessings and his goodness to you. I remember when I first came around the SBO community and I was a bit raw. I saw all these guys with diaries. And I was like, I am not going to be a guy with diaries. Like, this doesn't, like, all these guys are, like, all about masculine stuff. And you have a diary. I was like, it doesn't make sense, you know? And so I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. And so for a long time, I was like, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. And then there was, uh, there was one time where life was turbulent. And I remember I'm sitting after morning prayer. Everybody leaves. I'm still sitting in the back in the prayer room. Uh, you know? And there was a, uh, an extra booklet. The booklet. <laughs> <laughs> extra booklet. And I had so much up here that I just had to get it out of here and onto a piece of paper. And so I'm just writing out all these things that are on my mind. And I took it and I pointed it at the cross. and said, this is what's on my mind. This is what I'm worried about. And I like, dropped it. I was like, I need you to help with that. And it was awesome. It's this whole transparent, like, here it is, you know? And then I picked it up off the ground and I left it and went about my day in life. And I remember two weeks later, I went into my room and on my desk, I like saw that book under another booklet, under another booklet. 
And I looked at the things I wrote, and I was like, holy cow, every single one of those has been taken care of. And I remember just dropping on my knees and going, God, you're so good and patient with me. Holy cow, you're good to me. And then it clicked. Like, and so from, from that point on, I did get a journal. You know, I got a journal. And on the first page of my journal, every journal that I've gotten since then, I have written on the first page, this book is proof that God exists. Because I constantly write down what I'm struggling with. And constantly, on the next pages, he has uh, provided in all of those ways. In some way or another, in some duration of time or another. So what I, what I need to say in all that story is we need to constantly be recounting the goodness that he is doing to us. Not just for our own self-gratification, but that when we are talking about it out loud, which is why I love opening the Lord's Day so much, and that first thing where we all roll our eyes, like, what's there, what are you grateful for this day? You know? <laughs> and like, we all roll our eyes, and like, how good and necessary that is for the betterment of the body to actually hear, and how worthy he is to hear about the ways that he's provided for us. Okay, a couple more things on returning to joy. Um, get rid of bitterness and brooding, just in shame, just get it out. Just, just, just cut it out and ask for grace, because that can really be tough. Uh, stop turning inwards with the brutishness and the bitterness and the gossip, and turn outwards and be loving to our brothers and sisters. Reconcile. If you've got beef with somebody, reconcile. Just do it. Don't let it stir, stew. Pray through it. Seek reconciliation with the Lord in the sacrament. Uh, in relationships with people. So a lot of that is relationship with the Lord, but joyous relationship with people as well. Like, here's just a helpful thing. Like, when you're walking up to a group of people that, that's part of our group, like part of our family here, like, just be aware of, like, how you're acting. You know, like, do I have, like, a grumpy face most of the time? You know, like, am I talking about hate stuff? You know, because that's kind of like getting into the whole, like, miserable people thing of, like, actually being aware of, like, hey, this is going to help the body. If I'm, like, acting out visually how joyful I am in here. So let's, like, take some actions in that. It's actually kind of helpful just to smile or to laugh or to be constantly ready to share something that the Lord is doing. Yeah, and that's the last one. Share what God has done in your life often. And that the more you, my dad always, my dad had so many one-liners growing up, uh, like cheesy things, like a business with no sign is a sign of no business. Like he had these like one-liners. One of the other ones that he had was you're good at what you do a lot, and you're not good at what you don't do a lot. So. Friends, if we're not if we're not sharing the goodness of the Lord a lot with people that are ready to hear it right here, we're not going to be very good about sharing that and being joyful in the context outside of college, outside of this body, when there are people that desperately need to hear it. Come on, Mitch. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is like the training ground that's like softball practice. They're just lobbing them up. Like, you got something great the Lord did? Crank it. Because then once you get up into the majors, and people are grumpy. It gets a lot more difficult to walk and be like, yeah, that was pretty good. It, because it doesn't come out as a boastful way, but as an invitation of guys. It's actually a beautiful world we're living in right now. So we're called to joy. It is, it, is the, it is based, as a recap, it is based in the knowledge of God and how much he loves us, how much he has for our lives. 
And in that knowledge, we get that joy, that relational joy that we get to share with one another in here. Because we are his people, he is our God. What's coming up next is pretty fun. Because these guys already planned for our lives. Okay, and then that joy becomes the foundation of our emotions and reordering our foreign, our emotions. It is the default, like the antenna. We go out and get angry or disappointed or anxious, but we always come back to joy. And in coming back to joy, we've got those practicals that I was listing out. So that is joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.